Well, good morning and happy Aloha Friday. I'm Ryan Kalei joined by Yanji Denise. Thanks so much for tuning in here to Spotlight Hawaii on the platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Today, today Yanji, we have a special guest and a lot to get through. That's right. We have Governor David Ige live from his office at the state capitol. It's rare that we get you on a Friday. We are so happy to have you here with us. You made a lot of big announcements yesterday. Uh, you know, July 8th is now the target date. Tell us about what went into your thinking and how you're feeling about the rate of vaccinations right now. Yeah, thank you so much, Yanji and Ryan. And, and thanks once again for giving me this opportunity. I was just thinking about that. I think this is the first time we've done it on a Friday. So <laughs> it's uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, you know, we have been talking with the mayors uh, for the last uh, four weeks, at least, just about how to in incorporate uh, vaccination rates, you know, what the vaccination rates uh, means to our um, controlling the virus. Uh, and we all agreed that at 60%, uh, we would be willing to relax restrictions. Uh, and the other uh, thing that we talked about is we know that these uh, changes are significant and that our businesses and organizations really need to prepare for these changes. Uh, and we need to um, advance notice, let people know ahead of the actual uh, date uh, because, uh, you know, they need to plan, they need to adjust the work schedules and a whole bunch of other things that are so important to being successful. Uh, and that's why we really felt compelled yesterday to announce it's two weeks out. Our projections show that um, that we should be at 60% of our community fully vaccinated uh, around July 8th. And that's why we set that as a target date. And people have asked, we're going to do it on the 8th. We uh, expect that uh, we would get to 60%, you know, plus a day or so, or plus or minus a day or so. Uh, and we know that for our community, it's very important that we have a specific target. And so, again, just to clarify, regardless of, you know, maybe say this gets to 59% and it's not that 60% on the 8th. Uh, regardless of what where we're at, uh, that deadline is firm, and, and July 8th is the date where this will all take place. Yes, that's correct, Ryan. And uh, the mayors will be um, issuing uh, modifications to their existing orders uh, targeted at the changes on July 8th. Of course, the next big uh, hurdle will be getting to that 70% threshold. How long do you think it will take to get us there? And also, you know, a lot of other states, when we're looking at their percentages, they're only using their eligible population when they're making their calculations in terms of percentages and reopening California, for instance, Vermont, New York. Why have you decided to continue to keep the 12 and under in our total population when you're trying to reach these benchmarks? And, and also, how long will it take to get us there? Yeah, just a, a couple of things about that, Yanji. Uh, you know, just in speaking with uh, Dr. Char and Dr. Kimball, uh, they really felt that it was uh, important to continue to remind everyone that it is about the total population and everyone in our community is susceptible to getting infected with the virus. Uh, and just because we make progress in one specific segment doesn't mean that our community is protected. You know, we want to be able to protect the entire community, e even those not eligible. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, when you look at who is not eligible, it's really children 11 and under. You know, uh, in, in many ways, they're the most precious of, of those in our community, and we all are trying to protect them. Uh, we felt that um, focusing on eligible 
would give people the false impression that it's safe to be out and about and that we can drop the restrictions. Uh, we just want to remind everyone that it is the total population uh, that is important when we talk about herd immunity. Uh, and uh, we want to continue to remind people that we have um, work to, to be done. We want to bring in a question here. Ryan is asking, is there a cutoff date of fully opening up in the event that we do not reach the 70% fully vaccinated? Uh, are you considering any modifications to that benchmark? Should uh, the state not be able to obtain the 70% say by September or October? I mean, is there flexibility, I guess, in that benchmark that you set? Yeah, Ryan, there is um, flexibility in the sense that you know, we are looking at all of the health indicators, you know, besides the number of new cases uh, and uh, hospitalizations uh, and really uh, IUC beds under use. You know, we do monitor all of those things. You know, there's a couple of things uh, that we know, uh, you know, vaccinations have been very effective. You know, most of the cases that you see, the overwhelming majority uh, are people being infected by COVID in not, they're not vaccinated. You know, we are seeing very, very, very few uh, individuals who got vaccinated, uh, fully vaccinated two weeks after the second dose and getting COVID. So I think that that's really important for uh, everyone in our community to uh, realize. Uh, you know, and there are a couple of new variants that uh, can be scary because they are much, much easier to uh, transmit and uh, and and people, although the science is not conclusive at this point in time, uh, we do know that, um, you know, it uh, it seems like people uh, are in the hospital a little more frequently, even uh, if we're not certain about whether more people um, will die from the virus uh, at this point. At the current rate of vaccinations, when do you think we will reach that 70%? Uh, you know, Yanji, one of the things that we are concerned is that the pace of vaccinations has really uh, dropped uh, significantly. Uh, in the month of, month of May, uh, we averaged about 72,000 doses administered each week. Um, in the first couple of weeks of, uh, of June, um, that's dropped by 50%. You know, we are now averaging uh, about 35,000 or, or 36,000 doses a week. Um, and that's a, a big concern. You know, a lot of our projections kind of try to assume uh, that the rate of vaccinations would continue. We see those significant declines. So I know that people want to know um, when we project to hit 70%. It's really hard to uh, make that prediction because the pace of vaccinations have really fallen off. You know, so if we look at things, okay, so July 8th, right, uh, we are going to be changing again the Safe Travels program where those coming in from the mainland can then now upload their uh, vaccination cards to bypass the quarantine period. Uh, and then say when the state is ready to get to the 70%, uh, all of that will be lifted and there will essentially be no Safe Travels program anymore. What was the thought process into going to that? Because there are some out there who say it's okay for us to maybe lift the restrictions here locally but that maybe we should continue to keep safe travels in place to make sure that those entering the state still show some sort of verification of a vaccine. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that whole process about maybe doing away with the safe travels program when we get to that 70%? Uh, 
Yeah, certainly. And Ryan, I know you asked me earlier, is there some other trigger that we are looking at? You know, we have been talking about at what level uh, would we believe that um, that the virus activity is low enough that it doesn't pose a, a health risk to our community. Uh, the Delta variant has um, Dr. Char and Dr. Kimball is very concerned just because uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the stories. Um, Dr. Fauci has said that um, the Delta variant is growing exponentially about every two weeks. So about every two weeks, the number of cases have been doubling. Uh, you know, we have had uh, confirmed uh, Delta variant uh, cases in our community now, uh, and uh, they occurred in some people who did not travel at all, which tells us that it's circulating in our community. So I, I do think that that variant um, is a concern to ours. You know, we're trying to uh, manage it. The good news is we, we do know that uh, even within the household where uh, those were infected with the Delta variant, the other members in the household were vaccinated and the variant did not spread within that household. So we know that the vaccines are very effective against uh, the Delta variant and all variants that have, um, that have been identified in the United States uh, to this point in time. You know, and that's why we keep pushing um, everyone get vaccinated because we know it makes a difference. It reduces the seriousness of the illness and it does protect us from spreading the variant uh, around in our community. Uh, so we don't have a hard number, Ryan. Um, we talk about it all the time. Uh, I, I have asked Dr. Char and Campbell to really uh, focus in on that and you know try and determine some um, level so we can share it with the community. But we just haven't gotten to consensus at this point in time. There are a number of questions in here about when we get to July 8th and vaccine verification for folks who are from the mainland. Obviously, it's easy for the state to do it with local residents because the database is right there. But there are some people who are wondering uh, what you're doing to make sure that people aren't uploading just, you know, Xerox pieces of paper. Yeah, so uh, we will be uh, utilizing the Safe Travels program and um, we're asking those uh, beginning July 8th. Uh, to uh, update their uh, uh, vaccination record. Uh, and we are asking uh, those screening um, for flights to uh, verify, you know, make sure that the name uh, is uh, the same as those who are flying, uh, that the vaccination date uh, has occurred within uh, more than two weeks um, from the flight to ensure that they're fully vaccinated. Um, we won't be able to verify it against the databases of other states yet. Uh, you know, we continue to work uh, with a, a couple of vendors that um, have access to the state, uh, other states of uh, verification records. And, you know, we continue to uh, move forward, Yanji, and hope that we can get that verification in place before July 8th. But we felt um, that it was uh, important for us to be able to specify a date, uh, even though we may not be able to verify all of the mainland vaccinations at this time. We know that, you know, with this announcement, there is an expected surge. Again, this is the summer months and tourism numbers are continuing to go up. And with this uh, new process that is in place on the 8th, uh, tourism officials are expecting an even larger amount of tourists that are coming in. We spoke to Mayor Daryl Kawakami uh, the other day here on this program, and he said, look, I'm not in any rush to uh, get this program going because we're already, you know, pretty maxed out right now where we're at. 
Are, are you worried about the potential surge of visitors that could be arriving here and, and the state's overall infrastructure? We're seeing some of those longer lines at the airports. Of course, the rental car facilities continue to be uh, backlogged because of those issues there. Uh, what are your thoughts and, and how do you think the state can help to prepare for what could potentially be a large summer surge of visitors? You know, Ryan, we have been working with the um, hospitality industry, you know, the rental cars, the hotels, the restaurants in general, uh, to uh, try and get them prepared uh, for these changes. Uh, you know, we want to get people back to work at the hotels, uh, at the restaurants. Uh, you know, we continue to work with the rental car companies, um, you know, to get them to um, hire and expand their fleets because we do know that um, that um, travel is overwhelming. You know, we've been uh, working with our travel partners, the airlines, to really uh, let people know about some of these challenges that we're seeing, you know, lack of rental cars and those things, uh, and really encouraging uh, all of the travelers uh, to get reservations and ensure that they um, are fully aware, for example, uh, if they can or cannot get a rent-a-car uh, when they're here on their vacation so that they don't come uh, to Hawaii and is surprised by um, their inability to get a rent-a-car. You know, I, I think that we're getting better every day, um, you know, working with the various uh, companies. You know, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, we know that, but we want to ensure and everyone in the industry is really committed uh, to ensuring that those who come to the islands still have an experience that they enjoy uh, and that they're willing to uh, talk to others and encourage others to travel here. You know, it's a huge challenge, but we are, are making progress. You know, you talked about that pace of vaccinations falling significantly from May to now. I'm curious to know, do you think the incentive program that the state created, the high got vaccinated, do you think it's having any impact or should there be, you know, should you essentially level up? Would it be worth it to do a million dollar lottery like some other states have done? Or is there something else you're looking to? Because it does not seem at this point that that's really gotten the results that you wanted. Well, we are seeing, uh, Yanji, we uh, were monitoring the pace of vaccinations prior to us launching uh, the high got vaccinated um, program. And, you know, we estimate that it's boosted uh, vaccinations by about 10,000 per week uh, since we started the program. So, you know, we already saw the decline. It was uh, uh, the number of uh, vaccinations were declining um, pretty um, pretty aggressively. Uh, and uh, the program has added about 10,000 uh, new vaccinations um, per week. So uh, we are um, coming to the end of it. Want to encourage everyone, if you haven't got vaccinated, um, even one dose will um, qualify you for the drawing. Uh, you know, all of those prizes that are up for grabs uh, in July uh, will be uh, distributed and selected. So you know, uh, everyone, uh, if you have already been vaccinated, go to highgotvaccinated.com and, and register for the drawings. Um, you know, we want to encourage and those who have not been vaccinated, uh, please, you have a couple days more uh, to ensure that you can get into the drawing. You know, there's round, free round trips, um, miles for um, uh, airlines uh, and hotel points, you know, which can result in a real good um, staycation or a vacation for those of you who are vaccinated and are fortunate to, enough to be drawn. 
I want to switch gears a little here. Earlier this week, you submitted and presented your intent to veto list, which included a number of bills on there. Uh, some in the legislature were shocked by the amount of bills. And we know that uh, in your press conference, you mentioned that some of those uh, that you vetoed had to do with uh, guidance that you got from the federal government, as well as what is allowed uh, under the support that they are providing through uh, federal relief. And, and there are other bills like the bill that would cut funding to the Hawaii Tourism Authority. Uh, that was one of those bills as well. Can you talk us through, I mean, I, I know that there were a number of them and maybe you don't have to go through all of them, but if, if you can talk through some of your thought process about uh, the the vetoes that you have uh, listed on that attend to veto list and uh, are you concerned at all that the legislature might head into this special session to override that? Yeah, uh, you know, Ryan, certainly I do think that the legislature will uh, review uh, the reasons that we um, had in um, in adding bills to the veto list. And, and I'm certain they'll uh, look at and uh, make a decision about whether they want to override. Uh, you know, in the case of uh, House Bill 862, which um, dealt with the Hawaii Tourism Authority, uh, we really feel that dedicated funding for the tourism authority is very, very important. I mean, you know, all of us uh, know that our community wants to uh, deal with visitors differently, and we want the ability to manage those who are coming. Uh, and we do want to get to fewer visitors, but um, but uh, those visitors who would spend more, uh, be respectful of our environment and our culture. Uh, and really uh, end up with that win-win situation. Well, House Bill 862 would devastate the Tourism Authority and would mean that there wouldn't be anybody that would be um, managing tourism in a way that can be successful. Uh, it also uh, authorized uh, increase uh, in the TAT, which would be a 30% increase if all the counties um, um, uh, enabled uh, that 3% maximum. Uh, and it actually took away uh, what we're already sharing with the counties. You know, it deleted the uh, state's commitment to more than $100 million to, to the counties to support uh, police, fire, ambulance services, lifeguard services uh, for at many of the beaches. So, you know, I was very much concerned with the unintended consequences of that measure. And, and that's why it got on the veto list. There are a couple others that we got guidance after the legislature concluded uh, that said that um, the appropriations were not appropriate. Uh, so that's House Bill uh, 613, which dealt with uh, um, spending or establishing a spending plan for um, rescue and relief funds for the Department of Education. You know, clearly, if we do not comply with the federal guidance, we uh, could lose uh, $600 million that the public school received uh, you know, and the state got $1.6 billion to really help us through this budget crisis. You know, the third um, condition that I think changed since the, legislation, the legislature concluded is, you know, our economic recovery is going better. We're seeing um, increase in revenues. Uh, the Council on Revenues upgraded the forecast in May, and they added $3 billion to the seven-year forecast window. So significant hundreds of millions of dollars more in general funds that will be available. So some of the tough decisions that the legislature made, like taking away the TAT from the counties, uh, you know, they um, repealed a couple of uh, um, special funds and trust funds to get money to the general fund. 
I think that those uh, drastic actions may not be required because the economy is improving. And those are some of the measures that were also on the veto list. You know, Dave Hall has a question. This is not about your vetoes, but it's about some of the COVID restrictions that are in place. We know that it's at uh, July 8th. Obviously, things are opening up to much uh, larger degree. But he says, how can restaurants go to 75% and have to keep six foot distance? One of the you know, issues that a lot of restaurants face is that their spaces are small and Hawaii real estate's expensive and a lot of restaurants are tiny. Uh, so even if you allow, you know, capacities to increase, they can't necessarily do so because they have to, you know, keep that six feet distance. Do you think that that six feet distance should be reduced down to three feet as it has been in some educational settings? Yeah, Yanji, we are definitely working through those, um, you know, those areas that uh, the guidance might be uh, conflicting. Uh, you know, we, we still continue to see um, the virus spread in restaurant situations, uh, and that uh, is the public health concern. But I've also heard from many restaurants that it's difficult uh, for them to work out um, economically uh, at the reduced capacity levels. So, uh, yeah, I, I know that uh, Dr. Char is uh, working. Uh, Mayor Blangiardi is really uh, wanting to uh, relax restrictions, and we want to get to a place that we can uh, safely allow businesses to operate uh, at the same time, slow the spread of the virus. So, you know, one of the reasons uh, for announcing the target as July 8th, it does give us a couple of weeks to kind of work through those details. You know, the Department of Health will be um, um, working with the counties about uh, specific guidance and how we can reconcile and uh, get um, more capacity in restaurants in a safe way. Another thing that has transpired, of course, through the pandemic has been the federal support, including uh, benefits for those who file unemployment. Uh, wanted to ask you about the $300 plus up that is continuing to be uh, offered to those who qualify for unemployment. There are some states that have gotten rid of that, and there has been some talk uh, in other states about removing that to help the demand on the workforce overall within the different states. Uh, your thoughts on kind of continuing that through, we know this goes through September. Uh, has there been any other discussion about potentially removing that $300 plus up, or do you plan to continue to stick that, uh, continue to offer that $300 to those that qualify? You know, Ryan, we are um, looking at, you know, we do evaluate all of these pol policies and really try and make uh, the best decision we can uh, on behalf of the community. Uh, as you know, the cost of living in Hawaii is high, uh, and there are many that uh, are uh, still unemployed that uh, continue to struggle. And we know that for those uh, hardest hit, uh, it has made a significant difference in their quality of life. So. Uh, you know, we continue to work with the employers. Uh, we've set up processes so that if employers are having difficulties hiring uh, people and if they're making job offers and that are being de declined, especially to those who are um, on unemployment, you know, we are following up and, and trying to get people back to work. So um, we will be evaluating that. We know it helps people right now. Uh, we know that more people are going back to work and, um, you know, and we continue to work with the businesses uh, to see if we can close the gap and make sure that every business uh, can hire and offer jobs uh, to those unemployed and that they will be accepted if appropriate uh, and we can get everyone back to work. 
There's a question here from Mike Ramsey. I think this might be better suited to the mayor, but he's asked it several times, so I want to get to it. He says he does yeah. consulting for an Oahu bar. They used to be able to close at four. If they did vaccine verifications, he's saying, would you consider going from two to 4 a.m. Uh, you know, to make sure that those who are vaccinated uh, are in the bars and that way they could have more shifts open for their workers. I, I think this is really a city question, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it uh, it is a city question. And, and you know, we have been struggling ab about vaccination status. You know, we don't want to uh, create the notion of haves and have nots. Uh, but we also are uh, wanting to recognize and create incentives for people to get vaccinated. We know that if, um, you know, 75% of those in a, in a customers in a business or uh, workers in the business uh, are vaccinated, that the ri risk of uh, infection is uh, dramatically lower. Uh, so we have been working with the county trying to think through uh, what uh, appropriate um, relaxations could be if uh, businesses were willing to uh, ask and ensure that um, those customers coming uh, are vaccinated. Uh, you know, and that's really a fine balance, but we continue to look at ways at how we can work with businesses uh, to get them to be more uh, economically profitable uh, and continue to keep customers safe. We only have a few more minutes, but I did want to quickly get your thoughts on the interim superintendent, Keith Hayashi, who will be taking over for uh, Dr. Christina Kishimoto, who will be uh, leaving her seat coming soon. Uh, want to get your thoughts uh, on this appointment of this interim superintendent, and do you feel that he is someone that could potentially be uh, nominated as the permanent replacement and, and your experiences working with him thus far? Yeah, thanks for that uh, question, Ryan. You know, um, it, as you may recall, um, four years ago when there was a change in the superintendent, uh, Keith Hayashi actually um, uh, was the interim superintendent for a period of time. Uh, and I still remember talking to him at that time about uh, pursuing the permanent job. Uh, and he politely uh, just told me that, uh, you know, he was committed to Waipao High School that they had initiated a number of um, programs that he really wanted to see through completion. Um, so uh, when he called me this time to let me know that he was um, applying for the interim superintendent, uh, I was really excited to hear that news. Uh, I think everyone has seen what a remarkable job he's done at Waipao High School. You know, it has become one of the model schools. You know, they're a leader in early college, which is a program that I think is so, um, you know, challenging our students to complete uh, college level work while they're still in high school. Uh, and his commitment to having every single student on that campus, uh, part of that early college program, just really tells you a lot about um, Keith's expectations of students, his belief that the sky's a limit for every single one, uh, and his focus on really uh, student uh, learning and student achievement is really what our uh, superintendent needs and what the public school system needs. So I didn't have a chance to, uh, to talk to him about whether he's pursuing uh, the permanent uh, position. I think it's great that he uh, wanted to serve as interim superintendent. Uh, you know, and I have uh, every confidence that the Board of Education will find uh, a, a terrific superintendent to lead our public school system. And I think most importantly, 
uh, really build on the successes um, that we have had with uh, Dr. Kishimoto here in our public school system. We're already almost out of time, so just want to give you an opportunity for some final thoughts on this Friday. As you mentioned, just a few more days to get vaccinated and qualify for the high vac high got vaccinated program. Um, just just what your uh, if you could give us a final message on this Aloha Friday. Sure, thanks, uh, Yunji. Um, really want to encourage everyone. If you're not vaccinated, um, get your questions answered. We want you to make informed decisions. But I know that the vaccines are safe and effective. It really does prevent you from uh, getting COVID, uh, and it does prevent you if, in fact, you uh, get infected uh, from very serious illness, and that's a huge uh, advantage. I certainly want to encourage everyone to get their questions answered and then get vaccinated. That's the best way for um, the entire state to get back to the new normal and, and really allow us to get everyone back to work and everyone back to normal, uh, meaning schools get started, and businesses uh, begin hiring again uh, to um, get our people moving. So just wanted to thank um, Ryan and Yanji for giving me this opportunity. Really wanted to thank the people of Hawaii for uh, investing in our community and getting vaccinated. Please encourage your friends and neighbors to do the same. All right, Governor David Ige, thank you so much for joining us here on this Aloha Friday. Have a great weekend uh, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, Aloha. 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 Always interesting to hear from the governor there. We covered a lot of topics. Of course, vaccinations are top of mind right now. They did announce yesterday that July 8th uh, deadline or date rather for uh, lifting a lot of the restrictions then because it's estimated that we will get to 60%. But Ryan, you heard him say there, he doesn't want to give a date for 70% because it really doesn't sound like they know when they're going to get there given the pace right now. Yeah, and they're going to continue to push that vaccination progress that uh, there is They'll talk and, and he mentioned that they are looking at other metrics uh, to determine whether or not uh, the 70% is going to be the definite date that our time, I should say, when all those restrictions are lifted, that they are going to continue to look at hospitalizations, look at the infection rates in the community. He is concerned about the Delta variant and its presence here. We know that there have been a number of cases already that have tested positive for that variant and the impact that it could have quickly on this community. And so uh, he's not necessarily saying that we are going to be uh, hitting that 70% anytime soon. He knows that it's gonna be a process, but at the same time, there may be some flexibility in that initial benchmark that had been set. Yeah, and also interesting to hear his answer to the question on restaurants and whether he would consider maybe changing some of the restrictions so that you wouldn't have to be six feet apart. They're looking at that. Also looking at vaccine verification for private businesses. Is there a way for certain businesses to maybe have fewer restrictions on what happens inside their business if they can do vaccine verification? You know, a lot of these questions, of course, uh, are, or decisions rather, are being made in tandem with the Department of Health and Dr. Libby Char. We are fortunate that we're going to have her as a guest on Wednesday. So we will ask her a lot of these questions. We do hope that you and the audience who have posed those questions will join us again then because it's always a great opportunity to talk to the director of the Department of Health. Yeah, a lot of great uh, information provided here this morning. We thank the governor for uh, joining us once again. We thank you for tuning in and for your questions. Uh, we'll see you right back here on Monday for another Spotlight Hawaii. Have a great weekend.